Well, um, sadly, uh, you you are going to be disappointed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hi, I'm Abby. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Paul, and welcome to 3 to be Mom. Today we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 9, Metamorphosis. So, do you guys know how I recently spent $90 to see Cats? The the musical or the movie? <laughs> Boy, okay, good question. The musical. <laughs> okay, that's better. <laughs> that seems cheap. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was in, uh... Oh, oops, edit that out. It was in the mid-Atlantic state in which I live. Um... Yeah, so I paid $90 to see Cats, which is a show that is obviously terrible, but yet is wonderful in many ways. And they have this song, I don't know if you know it, but it's about one of the cats, Magical Mr. Mistopheles. The best song in the show, yes. Yes, continue. exactly. I know. And it, if you don't know, Paul, do you know it? You look confused. Okay. Well, it goes. <laughs> I'm, wondering, I'm wondering when you're going to talk about We're getting there. We're getting there. So the song goes like this. Oh, no, ever was our cat. So, so, so clever as magic. No, that's not how it goes, but all right, continue. Wait, okay, Abby, how's it go? It's close. Eh, sure. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it goes like that, and or something like that. The lyrics aren't exact lyrics, but that's the tune. Oh, no, da 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 as magical Mr. Mistopheles. And ever since I saw this episode, do you know what I have been singing? Magical Mr. Mistopheles. Yes, but to these words. Oh. It's a little on the nose, Chelsea. <laughs> no, wait, listen, you'll love it. It goes, oh, no, ever was there an episode so problematic as magical metamorphosis. And that has been my morning for the past three hours. I just want you guys to know that. Wait, this is only a three-hour story? That felt like weeks. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it was today, because I finished the episode today. Guys, this episode has some troubles. I actually really like this episode, but for, it's for got some 20, problems. Yeah. I like this one for about 20 minutes, and then it's more or less a dumpster fire. Um, yeah, I have like notes about how I could really like this episode if many, if there were several elements that were changed significantly. <laughs> That's yeah, what I mean with the problems. Yeah, at a it's certain so point close. in my notes, I just wrote, shut um. I just wrote such bull and then uh, later I wrote this third act is some of the worst track I've ever seen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. The start was so promising. Well, everyone is acting like idiots. For the ending, <laughs> my first bullet point under the ending is why. It has like 30 whys. I have how, many, several... how many H's? Just one. <laughs> I have several ca- all caps Uggs. <laughs> Hmm. They have a, there's so, a shuttle. My first note is whoa, a shuttle. That was pleasant. Hey, that's my my. I first love note the is, opening. <laughs> my first note is they're on a shuttle. That's new. <laughs> no, I love this opening. I no, the opening's there, good. That, the opening, like the, the first, first like the first, third like, of the episode minutes. is quite yeah, good. I really good. like. I like for a good chunk of it. I don't like the ending at all. Okay, so I think also that I might have never seen this one. I'm not sure if the because I've only watched TOS through once. 
and I'm not sure if I slept through this one or I accidentally skipped it, but I didn't recognize it. So you know what? it's possible you know what? I haven't seen it. Do you know what would be great is if you sort of were sleepy going in and you watched it for about 15 minutes and then you just sort of slowly dozed off and then you just, <laughs> that's what you remember, right? The first 15 minutes and then you just wrap it up however you see yeah. fit. Yeah, I but I don't think that. I saw any of this. That would be better. Yeah, this is one that is terrifically forgettable. Um, Unfortunately, because it could have been so good. Sure. And I bet it's certainly one of those two where like if somebody is showing you episodes of Trek, it's not going to come up. Yeah, right, right. no. Right. That's, so, again, I understand why I understand why Bones is there because there's a medical emergency. But why are both Kirk and Spock there? <laughs> and why aren't they on the Enterprise at that point? That's right? if, that is my question. I have a note about that that I'm like, why did they take a shuttle when they could have just, just taken up this ship. woman from yeah. the, Enterprise, the Enterprise, and then she would have had medical care instantly. that is better than a shuttle? Yeah, <laughs> if the Enterprise was in space dock or something, like undergoing repairs, sure. and like, hey, we have to, then then it's fair. But why would they have taken a shuttle from the Enterprise, who's just sort of sitting in space? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're With not doing. The they're not like command. on an urgent mission. I thought there might be a B plot because again, I couldn't remember this episode, so There's I thought they were going to be doing okay. something. Hold on, there is a B plot, <laughs> but it's related to the A plot. Let's just bury that. Yeah, the end of the episode here. There is a B plot that there is a war going on, and she is the key diplomat stopping the <laughs> war. That is killing, like, millions. many millions of people. And at the end, she's like, nah, I'm sure they'll figure it out. And Kirk's <laughs> like, yeah, I guess there were more diplomats. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, he says a... specifically, I guess there's more lady diplomats. Oh. <laughs> I forgot that part. true. Yes. <laughs> well, the whole episode I spent going, this woman's a diplomat? She's an She's also sick. Yeah, she I understand sick. that she's sick, but I'm just like her reactions to stuff, and I'm just like, you'd think a diplomat would have like a slightly more even keeled personality. She's even under stress. Sick, I'll, like, I'll give her, you know. Well, I don't know, anyway. man. So, but I love these uh, parts of Star Trek where it like kind of portrays the Federation as like an idiot bureaucracy, and I <laughs> totally because it reminds me of my job. Right. Uh, if you're on a 10-year committee, like, ignore that part, anyone who's listening. But otherwise, I really do think that it's it's hilarious every time. And, and I completely sympathize with, with her when she's like, uh, the idiot federation, like, didn't give me my vaccines or blah, 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 blah. And now as a result, I've had to been pulled away from, like, my imperative job because of this. Yeah, so like, it's a it's an interesting, right? I think one of a few science corners, but... Um, <laughs> So she has a disease, and she said, and Bone says that it is a rate of infection of like one in a billion, right? Um, which then implies that it is not a virulent disease, right? It, it's either something that everyone has, and like you either, I don't know, that like one in a billion it, it causes problems, I don't know. But then if they do have a vaccine, they'd give it to everyone and wipe it out. Right. So um, shouldn't it right. be wiped out? Well, yeah. So if it's something that cannot be wiped out by the vaccine that they have, um, then it's not something that is virulent. Right. So it's something like something that's congenital, but then they wouldn't have a vaccine for it. So so you get into this loop of like, it makes no sense that if it only infects one in a billion people, 
you frankly don't even need a vaccine because it'll wipe itself out. It's a it's a non-virulent disease. So it must have been a vir- virulent disease where, like you're saying, it just gives symptoms to one in a billion. Uh, and so they even don't then, even care. Like, they don't even bother vaccinating against it because it's just so such a then, chill disease. <laughs> such a chill disease. <laughs> even then, you'd still try to wipe it out if you had already gone through the trouble of creating the vaccine for it. You would. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, you need... Yeah, so I don't know. It's a plot point. However, <laughs> that science corner over, I suppose. Okay, well, while we're in Unless science you, co- corner in the shuttle, I loved that automatic scanner that they pull down and then they turn in a circle and they're obviously looking at nothing. <laughs> there was some cool camera work in this one. There was. I like the lighting in a lot of it. I guess I'll knock out my other science corner. It's a planetary one, though. <laughs> yeah, well, let's get the to the planet. All right, they they wait, there's wait. stuff. There's thing. Well, Can we talk about how this view screen was awesome, and I, how the rainbow so lights are fantastic? The rainbow lights are fantastic, though. They also say like, I've never seen anything like it, and it's like, boy, you've never seen a space cloud before. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I can think I've, of several other occasions in which there was a space cloud, and space cloud in which this exact effect was used, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's another one now. So a few episodes ago, what episode was that? Um, right, I pointed out that something traveling towards them at warp should not be visible because it would be blue. Yes, I beyond. noticed that too. And now that I know that, now I think I've poisoned the well because they're like, <laughs> it's coming at us faster than warp. And they're like, there it is. Yeah, That's you, what it you looks can like. see it moving <laughs> like, like an inch at a time. And it's not getting bigger and it's also visible. So I think I've poisoned that well. So, <laughs> but yeah, they shouldn't be able to see it if it's traveling towards them at warp. And also, they're traveling at warp, right? Um, they're in a shuttle, so no. no. I don't think the shuttle has warp, at least in TOS. Another reason I thought it did. why don't they have the Enterprise <laughs> yeah, right? this woman is so ill. Yeah, I mean, shuttles are for travel, like, in, they're for in short systems, range. right? Like, if I wanted to get from Pluto to Mercury, a shuttle would still be a pretty bad idea, right? Right? Yes, I agree. This is this was my, like, first question. That's why <laughs> I, thought, just... I thought shuttles could do warp. They could just go up to, like, warp 2, though. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I don't TOS know. doesn't really go into it that deep. No. Ugh. All right, well, so let's... they get to a planetoid. All right, I'm happy with that, but can we also divert to Costume Corner? Do you want to do it now or later? Later. Because <laughs> cool. I have things later. Okay. Yeah, let's get, this, let's get this relatively boring science corner out of the way. <laughs> um, it's what? a mostly nickel-iron planet, is right. what Spock says, right? It's yes. a planetoid. It's small. Um, but it's also suitable for human life, and it has an atmosphere, so presumably... Uh, it has a magnetosphere, which would result from that nickel-iron core rotating. But if it was mostly nickel-iron, this is, this is just a this is a question more than a science corner, um, right? The, the center of our planet is is nickel-iron, lots of elements like that. Um, but it's rotating at a speed different from the planet, which creates our magnetosphere. Um, but totally, it's molten <laughs> because it's it's under pressure at the core of the planet. And there's layers above it that are not those things. So I was kind of wondering to myself if, you know, the entirety of the core and the mantle uh, was all nickel iron. At some point, it would go from being liquid molten to solid. And I felt like that would create some really weird drag effects and weird planetary effects. I have no idea how to model that, but I just think it's a cool idea. That's it. Sure. 
That sounds sciencey. Like it would be problematic if you had more nickel iron, I feel. But I would love for someone who understands, um, I guess, the deep parts of our planet to well, tell us that. What I yes, I would too. Also, I was wondering about the gravity. Chelsea, it feels like you don't want someone to tell us as much as I no, want. No, I'm to sorry. Tell us. I'm already <laughs> thinking about the gravity because could something that small create the same gravity as Earth? Well, so that's the idea that it's a much denser core, um, and so it would be. It would have a ha, the gravity's higher. That's what Spock's saying because it's much denser. So but you could wouldn't have a very it also small... have to rotate faster? No, I mean the rotation is pushing us off essentially oh. if it was rotating a whole bunch rotational energy right we're not feeling rotational energy because it's not it's constant right it's velocity not acceleration um but yeah like, our, our rotation doesn't pull us to the planet it would fling us off unless we lived on the shell of it like a dyson sphere which comes up in track frequently I don't understand how gravity works, <laughs> but that's okay. All right. Um, but well, anyway. in general relativity, um, things that have mass, warp space. No, boring, and... boring, boring. <laughs> Let's talk about Just costumes. Just read up on general relativity. Okay, fine. Uh, All right. Are we on the planet now? Did we crash? Yeah. And that's the first sexist part. No, it's probably like the second sexist part where they like leave her inside while they go to explore well, the outside. Well, they leave her inside. Oh, I have a, a note about this. They she's leave her inside. She is a diplomat. She does not have space experience. They leave her inside by herself while she is quite sick. I And they have no idea what or who is on this planet, if anything. And they just leave her there by herself. Yep. Just, just chilling. That checks out. <laughs> You'd think they'd leave at least one person with her, with a phaser. But no, they just leave. That was my note. The end. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like we all have things that the other two are just going to kind of slowly nod at and have nothing right? else to say. We're <laughs> saying all there is to say. There's no... We have to come up with things that are conversational, not just factual. <laughs> yeah, but there isn't anything. All right, fine. My conversational part is this. So they say that it's an ionized cloud. Oh, we're getting I, I the cloud I, already. I don't, I don't remember that, but sure. That's fine. That's what they say. Yeah. It. So I've been looking up ionized clouds. So that's just a cloud with, like, a charge, right? Sure. I mean, it depends on what they mean by ionized, but yeah, yeah. Okay, so, but it's alive. I mean, there's lots of things in Trek that are alive and intelligent and also essentially non-corporeal. Well, this is corporeal. Um, ethereal, maybe, is a way to, yeah, that, that are cloud-like, right? This is not the first space cloud we've seen. Right. No. So there is a, a a sort of suspension of disbelief here that clouds can be intelligent. Okay. And I think we I think we crossed that bridge <laughs> months ago. So they meet Zephram Cochran. Yeah, right. As soon as he says yeah. Cochran, I'm like, oh man, this is one with Zephram Cochran. Yeah, and then he takes them to his asteroid beach house, which is pretty. He doesn't cool. tell them who he is yet. All right, yeah. all right, all right. It's still mystery. He's being mysterious. Yeah, I mean, at that point, as soon as he lands, right, he knows they know who he is, right? I don't know. I don't know. I, think, I don't know what his 
his like not telling them who he is bit is. I'm not I sure. I think he has to know that. So if so, here's the, the the long story, right? That he invents warp drive, and then he gets old, and then he says, eh, "I'm kind of tired of things. I'm just going to fly off into space." Right at that point in his life, time has passed. Like he knows he's famous. Oh, that's true. I guess that's true. He knows right. that he's going to have a legacy. So yeah. And he also knows 150 years have passed, and they got here in a ship that presumably has warp. So that's fair. Yeah, I'm kind of more surprised they didn't recognize him right away. Eh, they're not expecting him to be there. Yeah, and I mean, think about all the like inventors you know of. Like, I don't know if I would necessarily recognize them, especially in their like 30-year-old form. How about the Wright brothers, right? You show up on a planet and the Wright brothers are there. That's right. No, I'm not saying the face, but I'm saying the name. They yeah, do recognize if, the name. Well, if, yeah, but they're like, Cochran? Where have I heard that before? That's like a whole like five minute gambit. Yeah. But I, I guess this is before all the other trucks, which is what really makes that name famous. I mean, if you show up to a planet and somebody said their name was Oppenheimer, would you immediately say, oh, are you Robert Oppenheimer? Or would you say Oppenheimer? That sounds kind of familiar. Yeah, especially when you're already stressed out and you've crashed on a planet and you don't know where you are and you have a sick diplomat. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is the least of the problematic elements in this episode. (laughs) Well, where does he get all his stuff like the art and the decanter and the glasses and the brandy? So the cloud must be able to make some stuff. Space powers. Yeah, space powers. I kind of just assumed so, everything was space powers. Okay, but they're going to, like, totally die without the cloud being able to make those things anymore. Well, he said they have plenty of water and they could grow stuff, right? I don't yeah. know. I think, I think it's a suicide pact anyway, right? Kind of. This, this is a death cult. Yeah. It's a death cult with two people. Yeah. Anyway, we haven't got there yet. So... Ah! So they find out it's Ephraim Cochran. He discovered warp, but you died 150 years ago. <gasps> no, he didn't. Bum, 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 bum. And then they they kind of, he, he still is going like, uh, you guys are here for a reason, but I'm not going to tell you what the reason is. And then they go back and forth for a while. And then they're like, okay, well, uh, the companion brought you here because I needed a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Good summary, Abby. <laughs> You're welcome. And then Kurt gets real mad, <laughs> which as he is wont to do. I'll, I'll add two parts that um, that Chelsea will not like, but um, in that Bones Bones doesn't really do anything this episode except not say, true. He says a bunch of dumb things. First, he he says something about symbiosis that is completely incorrect, um, <laughs> and then he says he's not a scientist. So yeah, that was what the what. He totally is, and also, is yeah, right. physics the correct field that he was referencing? I mean... He's like, so. electricity? So about... I'm not a physicist, comma, yeah, talk... I'm a doctor. Yeah. No, he didn't say that. He said, I'm not a scientist or a, or physicist, a physicist, Mr. Spock. Yeah, but yeah. I bet he was thinking, I'm a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, they, so we, th- we, that's taken us to this point where Spock makes his magic box that disrupts electrical signals, right? No, sure. no, 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 no. We're way before that. 
Be- uh, well, uh, well, well okay. okay, no, no, we're we're at the part where they are trying to attack the companion. So this is the part where it starts to go off the rails because <laughs> um, I think this. Well, okay, yeah, I'll, okay, I'll give you that. because it's idiotic. If they have the universal translator, why is this their first course of? Yeah, action? why is that plan B? You're right. Why is that plan B? That is so idiotic. It's just. Ugh. Well, and it's so, the whole it's the whole bones line. Maybe you're a soldier so often you forget you're also trained as a diplomat. Why don't you try a carrot instead of a stick? And I'm like, no kidding, man. <laughs> what? Why do you always have to try the stick first, Kirk? You are a captain of a starship. You are a non-military. Like you're you're ah. <laughs> the point of you is to peacefully explore space. Yeah, not create death boxes. Also. <laughs> If this is a box that disrupts electrical signals, my note was that if they turn on Spock's machine anywhere close to them, they yeah, should all they die, should too, die right? They should also <laughs> like, die. Like, die. Like, yeah. Um, and they're closer to the machine than the cloud is when That's they true. turn it on. Um, so we have to just assume it's at like some sort of resonance or frequency or something where like only the cloud is affected. I realize that's idiotic, (laughs) but that's what we have to assume. I mean, yeah, I don't think there is a suspension of disbelief on that one, other than space magic, that it's a space magic box. Or that he kind of is a space magic box. That he has it set up to triangulate on a point or, I don't know, whatever. Well, furthermore, with attacking the companion, everyone except Kirk seems to know it's a bad idea. Right, like Bones says it's a bad idea because of the diplomat thing and because he's Bones and he's a sweet creature. And Spock wants to study the creature just like Devil in the Dark. So no one yeah. really wants to but do then, it. But then, I mean, Spock makes a death box in like two he, minutes with spare parts. Yeah, he, yeah, he <laughs> does like, that's do just it. Spock. He just does that. Kirk's like, I need a death but box. But he does want to, like, he wants to study it, which I'm like, yeah, Spock would totally want to study it because, yeah. <laughs> yes, very, very true. It's a Spock thing. Okay. All right. So now, it doesn't work, it and doesn't then the thing work. attacks him, right? <laughs> yeah. Great. And then yeah, Bones like freaks out because it's killing him. Because it's Bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's lots of yeah. So Bones freaks out because it's killing him, and then uh, Cochran calls it off, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Right? Pretty much, yeah. So why can it make Cochrane and the rest of them immortal and, like, heal them of all their stuff, but it can't do that for the diplomat? Yeah. It, it Well, and late in the game, it does do that. So right. my note is sort of. it's either lying or, you know, I guess that's the only option. Or, yeah, it just... Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah that never like... made sense to me either. I don't really understand why. Why like, they they try to explain it at some point, and now I've even forgotten how they try to explain it because it didn't make sense to me when they like, tried to explain yeah, it. Yeah, I think they were trying to say that it's such a drain on its powers that like it could only do it by like giving up its immortality and like merging mm, with the girl. I don't think girl. they say that. I don't think they say that. They early. might no. I don't think they say. I think that's like maybe the only implication that's that can be long drawn. Route. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense. Anyway, are we are we just box lightsaber yet? No, sure. Well, we're back to that now. The Enterprise is introduced. Yeah, which is kind of unnecessary, right? Yeah, it's it doesn't really need to be looking for them per se. Like, I I guess they missed their rendezvous, but like that's what well, I consider the B plot. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I guess so. Um, and I like that Doesn't everyone's it... there, and I like that Uhura has lines where she actually gets to say some words. Yeah, yeah that's always nice. Um, do 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 they have a filed flight plan? Right, they must. So they know where they were supposed to be, and it's another one of these like Scotty where he doesn't try to be strategic or good at this. He just says, "We'll look at every asteroid one at a time until we find them." Like, well, he does try to he he like they follow the trail of fuel and whatever, and and then it goes away, and he is like, "Well, it got lost around here, so we'll start here and have a grid pattern, and we'll just do this." Yeah. So, I mean, I think it makes sense. Well, no, he it does make sense because the first thing he does is he, they eliminate the ones without an atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he says, he man, this is another one where they're just making these crazy claims that 34% of these at- asteroids in this belt have at- atmospheres. That is a crazy number. Um, <laughs> that is, right, yeah. to have an atmosphere, it has to no, be yeah. pretty big. Also, this is a planetoid in an asteroid belt? Like... It would either be constantly bombarded by other asteroids, or it would have cleared its belt and be a planet. Or right? space magic is protecting it, and that's one of the things the cloud does. But again, now that she's not a cloud, it's just going to get destroyed, right? Well, and also, like, Scotty could say, oh, in this asteroid belt, there's a planetoid. Maybe we should look there first. <laughs> like, because it's an asteroid belt, not a planetoid belt. Yeah. And if if we're looking at, say... The asteroid belt that that Pluto uh, is a part of, right? You would go get to Pluto pretty quick, and and Charon, or if you were looking at say the asteroid belt, I was, uh, I forget what the largest one is. So Ceres, right? So they would find Ceres very quickly, because um, Ceres is a dwarf planet and sure. uh, is in the asteroid belt. But like if you were scanning it, you wouldn't be looking at these tiny ones. You'd say, oh, Ceres exists. Yeah. I mean, probably that's what I would have done, but I don't know. Scotty's <laughs> very methodical. Yeah, but he's methodical in an idiotic I don't know. way. I, I, yeah, I, I've never given Scotty credit when he is in command. So I know, and I like Scotty in command. So <laughs> agree to disagree. He's just very bad at it. Well, right? He's very by the books. Yeah. Whereas Kirk would, it feels like Kirk would very quickly. Kirk come up has with Kirk has the creativity. Scotty is very is an engineer, and he does things by the book, and he does things methodically. Whereas Kirk might take the more creative approach, and I think that's the difference between their command styles. Like, yeah, I buy that. Yeah, I actually think that makes a lot of sense because yeah, Scotty accomplishes these problems just like you would fix a machine. Right. One, that's how he yeah. approaches command. One check well, at a time. Where you would, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll buy that. So, yes, yeah, so they cut to the Enterprise for a brief scene, and then, then I think Spock they go into the translator, right? Yeah. So Spock builds. <laughs> what what is this? What what is he? <laughs> okay, can we just all agree that this explanation of the universal translator does not exist? <laughs> Sure. It, is that what he built a universal translator? No, is he that... ha- they have the universal translator. They have it. But is that what he he's built? He's just expanding it. Yeah, because he's... this is not the read that the universal translator has ever been given. No. I think this and is the introduction seemed... of the universal translator. Mm. I'm pretty sure. I don't know that that's true. I'm like, look it up. I'm, I'm I actually didn't look this up. It wasn't in Memory Alpha, and that is usually a kind yeah, of thing that it's because more all throughout season one, we've been wanting the Universal Translator, and it doesn't come up. I'm pretty sure this is the first episode. Uh, 
But let's ignore the jibber-jabber they give as to why it works, because that makes no sense. What they say is the Universal Translator compares brainwave patterns and somehow, like, takes out, like, like to, like, a, compares them to, like, a human brain pattern and somehow, like, all, like, languages or, like, whatever grammatical patterns are, like, similar, so it can do that. Okay. Obviously, that makes no sense. Oh, oh, oh. I don't think they ever say grammatical patterns, right? No, because that's that's, that's a, me. That's a distinction here that um, that's I think what, is important. That's what it should do, is analyze well, grammatical structures, like a linguist. Well, I, I think that that makes it hundreds of orders of magnitude more complex. Um, that syntax is a lot more complex than ideas. Um, and Spock describes it as a brainwave, which, again, whatever that means for a cloud, or for a human, frankly... Um, and then it correlates it with ideas, and then it gives you a word, right? And that's an okay suspension of disbelief, I think. That if you show someone a picture of, like, a cat, and then you look at what's going on in their brain, and then you say, oh, that's cat brain waves, so the word cat comes out, I that's think, fine. No, I Syntax? think that's the most idiotic thing I've ever heard. <laughs> no well, offense. that's what they're selling here. That's, that's, the only, that's step one. That is the <laughs> least complex way to describe it. No, this. we already have a universal translator for the Earth. Google sells it. It's a little box. You speak into it, then it instantly translates it. Yes, if you are putting in a language. Right. So it's much easier for me to think that they could get all these zillion of Earth languages, and then they could have gotten in all the languages for all the yeah. other aliens they know. And then that machine, they could somehow use it to make leaps. No, no, but the trick is, if you start with a language as input, then getting a language, another language as output is super simple. That's right? what I'm saying. But it's, it's no, knowing what we, that we already have that technology for our Earth languages. Yeah, yeah. And then assuming you could put in, like, so many other alien languages, it's easy for me to believe that eventually you could come up with a machine that could make leaps like they do in later treks and just on the spot analyze a, lang a new language to get to be able to yes. produce a translation. If the input that's, is a language, I'll give you that. That's so a linguistic what saying here, explanation. Yes, and that's fine. No, no, and I'm saying that's perfectly fine, the universal translator. What I'm saying here is that this machine is reading your brain, not your speech. Right, which I guess it has to be because the creature's not making any sound, It's not right? lingual, right? And if it's non-lingual, right, it doesn't have a language. Then so I, yeah, it, and I, so I, I have no idea how it's That's what I'm saying. So, so I, I agree stupid. with you fully on if this was a, if the creature was making sounds and they just used the universal translator, that'd be super easy. Ooh. Um... But. Yeah, but this is, well, and it doesn't even, we don't even know, since it's non-corporeal, what is it even reading? Yeah. Like, guys, yeah. furthermore, they have a way to communicate with this creature. It's Cochrane. If they, yeah, right. if they want to communicate it, they could just tell him what to say. And if he won't or whatever, then Spock could just mind meld with him and get the it's creature true. to come to him. Well, and I didn't really understand why one of them couldn't kind of do the communion with the with space cloud like I, I i didn't really understand why only cochran was able to do that like why couldn't they have been like hey cochran can you ask space cloud the if, right. if one of us could talk to it like well, I don't... And, and it does he says that like it it doesn't talk to me right it, but we get ideas across right and it's well, like yeah like it clearly doesn't have a language it has idea structure and right yeah, the fact that they get a language out of it is again that's the linguistic jump here. That you could be able to fit these ideas to English to syntactic speech. structure is yeah 
so absurd. I agree. Um, it's true. It's very absurd. If I wish it were making sounds. Well, and then, then the much crazy... Yeah, I agree, Chelsea. <laughs> I'm sorry. The much crazier jump here is that they say that the voice is gendered. Yeah, and the gender is a universal concept. There, yep. there's a whole. Well, he doesn't ooh. say he does not say gender is a universal yes, concept. He's he a even male, says yes. male and female. He are, says it even worse. He yeah. says that male and female are universal concepts. Yes, um, or universal constants, which, which is, is much much worse. So idiotic because even on Earth, even in the '60s, they know it's not even an Earth-wide concept, right? There are animals on Earth that reproduce yeah, outside of a binary yeah. gender structure. Yeah. So, like, what is he even talking about? Yeah, that one felt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't like understand. Like, they know Patriarchy. like like worms. Like, they know like sea creatures. Like, Patriarchy. ah, it doesn't like. They understand yep. like like about like asexual reproduction at this point. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chelsea. Chelsea. <laughs> Hey, no, I get it, but it's just like <laughs> it's idiotic, not just because of like social reasons, but also because of science reasons, and therefore it's doubly idiotic. Yeah, it's um, patriarchy. I'm just gonna keep saying that word because it covers so much. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. What else did Gene Kuhn write? Oh, oh, oh! I thought he'd written some good ones. Boy. <laughs> Boy, um, boy, were you wrong. <laughs> he wrote four other... Oh, oh, Private Little War. Well, I just told you one of them. Private Little War, That's I think that's one of my favorites, if I'm remembering right. He wrote three others. Okay. Um, and I bet that you guys could name one or two of them. Each of you take a stab at oh, an God, episode that is as know. bad as this one. Wait, with gender specifically? Spock's brain? No, it's not Spock's brain. Oh, is okay. it the Paradise Syndrome? It is not. Uh, Abby, I thought you'd get it. He wrote Miri. Oh, did he? Ugh, I hate him. Um, Andy, wrote, Andy wrote Cat's Paw, for what it's worth. Uh, <laughs> Cat's Paw's <laughs> and, um, and Operation Annihilate, the one with the uh, space amoebas. No. Probably, probably I do war. like amoebas. All right. Probably so I good. don't care for him. No, but he wrote Miri, which is, I was trying to think, like, what other episodes in terms of episodes. Gender-wise, yeah. Well, no, Besides just like, if I could get rid of a handful of Trek episodes from canon or existence, frankly. Most of his. Yeah. Like, this one would be up there against Miri for me. I think Omega Glory oh, would no. still be... Oh, no. This is I, not nearly as bad as Miri. I think for me, this one is as bad as Miri. Um, <laughs> but I think, right, we're talking about, like, splitting hairs on some of the worst, worst episodes. That's true. Um, yeah, th- so that one's up there. I can't believe you also wrote Miri. Ugh. Wow. Well, I, this episode just went down more in my estimation. Anyway. Um, yeah, so, I mean, blah, blah, blah. There's lots of bad stuff. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Well, aside from that, there's a part here that was kind of good near the end that could have been better, I think, if they kind of fleshed it out more. And that part is the message of the story, I think, which is, like, essentially love is blind. Uh, I don't think that's all right. Let me go. They even say make a reference to love being blind, which I think it was Bones where he said something like a blind blind man could see it with a cane, Um, which is a problematic Uh, statement also. But like they love each other like sort of across species, which I think is probably a metaphor for race. 
But they don't really because no, like Cochran he... gets so upset when they're like, dude, the cloud loves you. Yes. And he's like, no, it doesn't. Yeah, I, yeah. Rah, 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 rah. No, 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 no. I actually think that's good because their, their point there is that, like, in the past, these sort of par- pariahical attitudes. Wait, what's the word Spock uses? Parochial? Parochial, yeah. Parochial attitudes uh, existed and that. Over the course of 150 years, people have become much more open-minded to the point where they're like, oh, yeah, inner species love? Cool. That's fine. So actually, that, I think, is is kind of nice. It's it's that sort of optimistic track uh, narrative that people are evolving into being, you know, kind of more open-minded creatures, which I think but is, he's, is he's really not, good. He's not, though, because he, he still refuses to love the creature until it takes human form. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. And I actually, and he, he, I think that's, the their end, po- that's their point. At the end, he still does not love the creature, right? It no. manipulates him, right? It's all about, like, hardcore manipulation on the both their parts, mm-hmm. frankly, um, in a very, very troubling way um, that results in, like, oh, well, I guess we'll both just stay here because I have to. <laughs> The idea the, the idea she's selling is, like, she's lonely, um, and then she makes the decision to bond with this creature under terrific duress. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's all super sketchy. Is, I her choice is she's going to die, or she bonds with this creature. Um, yeah, it's super stockholm It's, like, it's super creepy. I agree with all that. But... I think that that's the message, and I like I'm saying, I think it could have been better fleshed out, and then that would have made actually a nice sort of um, metaphor for the episode. I think what it's trying to be is essentially saying that, as a race metaphor, like, love between races is fine. Then I think the, the solution, right, uh, the diplomat does not need to be in this episode, right? No. She makes it much more troubling mm-hmm. to have her there. Yeah, I'm not really sure what could have made this better. Well, if you remove her, and then it's just like, oh, there's a space cloud, and it's like, oh, the space cloud loves it you. It might but have you been more interesting it. if the space cloud had bonded like it does with with him, with, with him instead. Yeah, like yeah. that would have been to have like that whole yeah. like we become a symbiotic creature, and like, now we fly around space or whatever. Yeah, or yeah, or I stay like there or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree with you both. I think that that might have been just a little bit beyond the 60s comprehension. Mm, doesn't it happen in other episodes? No, like because whenever they get with an alien, like the alien essentially takes on the human form. It's not till like Wesley Crusher in like TNG. And even then, the as soon as the alien is not human, like Wesley and that alien can't be together. Well, I meant um, the idea of, of like someone sharing a body. Um it happens with the ancient orbs, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, but they can't. Like it there's no love story like that. Isn't that one a? Lo- isn't there a love triangle there? Maybe there's not. Yeah, um, there, is. there is. Between the between the the, ent- the entities. The yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think th- there's enough times where like somebody gets their body taken over that <laughs> this one at least being consensual. <laughs> if it was him. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I, I just, I don't think that's something that we actually see in POS. Like, it, it's the alien, like, all the love stories that happen, I believe, are corporeal. Like, the alien ends up taking on a human form. Or the alien. Well, there's, well, there's like, also, like I, think that's, I think that's the much more, um, I think that's more of the, like, message, well, not message here, but, like, good story arc, um, or tropey part. 
is the idea of a creature giving up uh, immortality um, to be with a mortal being. Right? Yeah, which very, I love um, that part. I think that's beautiful. It's, uh, it's very Tolkien-esque, right? Yeah. Very Tolkien-esque. Um, and it's... Yeah, I see, it's hard to call that one beautiful here because it's non-consensual. Like, he does not... He's saying, at least outwardly, I do not love this creature. And the creature says, cool, I'm going to give up immortality to be mortal, to be with you. Uh, but I have to stay on this planet, and I'm eventually going to die. Um, do you still want to leave me here alone? Uh, yeah, 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 I agree. That part is, like, super sketchbox. But I'm hot now, so you want to say? And I guess there's two of us? Uh, yeah, but they're yeah they're sharing a consciousness, so it's still well, two or, entities, or, but it's not... Uh, yeah, or did she die? Did the first girl No, die? they talk about their sharing, their sharing a consciousness. Yeah, but they didn't test her at all. You know, the, the space cloud could still be manipulating. It's shown to be <laughs> well, it definitely seems That's like fair. the space cloud has way taken over. I mean, it, it could have let her die and then just animated the corpse, right? Yes. Yeah. Which I, I kind of got the impression is secretly what happened. I mean, I love that read on it. <laughs> <laughs> super creepy i like it i really think that that's actually what did happen because we have no evidence the ambassador is still there well she was a pretty flat character to begin with right as a character yeah there wasn't much there anyway so how would we know i don't know it well i think we kind of prove that it isn't her when they're like oh well the war at the end and she's just like "Eh." yeah yeah that's true what war (laughs) (laughs) plenty of ambassadors out there um yeah oh well since we're we've gotten to the point where she's been taken over um i'm ready for costume corner great oh so i really enjoyed the fact that that like shawl that she has Mm -hmm. that once she's been once she has like kind of merged with the companion and she uses that to look at cochran i think that is the coolest thing yeah that was that was yeah i was just super sad that it was an accident Oh, I know. It was like they didn't plan it. It just happened to have. They just happened to have that shawl, and it just worked. And I was like, "But that's great too, it's though. It's so good. It was so good." Also, uh, Cochrane's jumpsuit is fine, except for all the weird shit on it. <laughs> is that a devil in the dark jumpsuit? I don't know. It probably is. And then they just added some random, like, sprockets. I don't know. No, some random bling. I love that pin that sticks out from <laughs> his sprocket. so stupid. Oh, my God. It's, like, hanging off for no reason. And just, like, I... Like, if it had been, like, ribbon bands or something like that that was mildly militaristic, I might have been okay with it. But it was just, like... It was like just random things. It, We're just gonna no, hang them on it was bejeweled. For no real reason. Bejeweled. It was bejeweled with like thousands of cubes. <laughs> it was so weird. It was so well. And how do you like lay and or sit comfortably in that thing? Like when it has that many things sticking off of it. I assumed he had a bunch of clothes. I don't it's know. One of the man. things the space cloud provided. We only see the one thing. <laughs> I, yeah, thus endeth my costume corner. It was that comment on the jumpsuit and also the pretty shawl that worked really cool for a scene. I liked it. Well, I also just loved her costume (laughs) in general. Sometimes they have these 60s costumes that I'm just like, what, the what? But like, I love the blue leggings with the lime green dress with the shawl that like tied it together. I thought it was beautiful. I would wear that in day-to-day life. If anyone wants to make me that for Christmas (laughs) or my birthday... Please feel free. 
You'll get oh, right on that. Yep. But yeah. That was my costume corner. Yep. Yep. I agree. So where does this thing fit in terms of power? I I don't know. It's like it's it's space power, so like it's I feel like powers. it's up it's there with space kind of crafted this planet, right? And it yeah. took it took the shuttle. Did also yeah. take the shuttle. And it went into space. They saw it in space. Yeah. So which it's... also how did it get there? No. Was it born there? Because it can't leave. Look, those are the questions we we ask all of these times and never have an answer. So, yeah. is yeah. it the last of its kind, et cetera, et cetera? Um, I think it's in terms of space clouds, it's probably the most powerful space cloud we've seen so far. Yeah, I would agree with that definitely. Because um, we've got vampire cloud and sparkles down, and I think it needs to go a bunch higher than that. I yeah, I think so too. I was looking um, up at like the superhumans and gods almost. Yeah, right. It, it has a lot of kind of up there with like. Larissa, that yeah, we just had on that which survives, who also has a planetoid and also can kill you if she touches you or whatever. Um, right. The idea is she. I keep saying she. This this cloud could have killed Spock and Kirk yeah, and it, it just doesn't. To, right. That's the jump. I think it could have killed them. Yeah, like uh, it just wants companions for him, right? He wants friends. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't want to kill them. It just took all the time to bring them there. So. Because it almost killed Spock and Kirk. Yeah. And they don't have any way to kill it. They No. They don't destroy They never it. destroy it. They never no. have a way to. They essentially trick it into taking a human form. Yeah. And then they still don't kill it. It's another one that they just sort of let loose in the universe. Um. So I think that that which survives metaphor or comparison is also really good because I'm pretty sure they're using the same set. Yeah, fairly. <laughs> um, that was a computer, though, right? And that was a machine that was localized to a certain place. So she's more um, computer. Well, she's she's able, well, she's yeah, right. She's a space cloud. She she could go into space and has space powers. Um, although I guess that thing could project. I yeah, I'm trying to think. I I might. I would put her above Lysira. I don't know that I would put her put this put the companion with probably under Apollo. Really? I would so put her under Lysira because Lysira actually kills people and she doesn't. Yeah, I think it's just a question of intent. Yeah, um, I guess it's intent, but I mean, because because companion could do pretty much I think anything. So. And well, that's the same. But then in the end, she has no power. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the question is not it's not at the very end, because at the very end some of these things are dead. Um yeah. it's it's when they're actively fighting it at its peak, I think what we have to say. Yeah, I think so. Um Spock Alien, which is right above Larissa, is the, the orb guy who yeah. takes over Spock's body, which is right. the same thing that she's capable of doing, I suppose. Right. Yeah. So I think we're in the I'd, right zone. Yeah. But is it... A, I'd probably put it above Spock Alien. Yeah, because it's but, like Spock Alien, but with powers. Right. But maybe below Sylvia and Apollo? Yeah. 
I think Sylvia's still pretty powerful here. Okay, I let's, think let's... way more powerful. Yeah. Yeah, Sylvia. Okay, then I let's mean... say above Spock alien. I'm happy with that. Yeah, I below think Sylvia and in above that, Spock in alien. that zone, they're all getting pretty similar. Yeah, I think is what we're saying. Does it have a name? Companion. Companion. I think com- it's the companion. Yeah, I think the companion is the only name. Yeah. Yeah, because she never has. No, there's never a real name. It's just the companion. Companion, yeah. Which does cool. anyone else think of Firefly every time they hear that? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I didn't, but I guess I will now. <laughs> ten I out of ten. A, I was thinking of a companion cube. I don't know what I was thinking of. Google it. All right. What's a anyway. companion? Are we ready? No, wait. What's Four. a companion cube? Um, it's from the video game Portal. <laughs> Oh, it's this like it's a cube that's got cube hearts, with on hearts in it. There will be yeah. cake. Yeah, cake is a lie. The anyway, cake is a lie. Um, all right, are we ready for bingo? Yeah, but I definitely don't think we're gonna get it because there were like no things. There was a captain's log entry by Scott. No, there wasn't. There's a, that's a ship's log. It's not a captain's log. It's different. Yeah, it's one of the few episodes. Uh, Memory yep, Alpha there's, said that there's no captain's log. That Kirk is uh, never on the Enterprise. Just a space log. Just a ship log. I'm Any thoughts, feelings? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with Chelsea here that there's not much of anything. Like, <laughs> Spock doesn't do anything he's supposed to. Bones doesn't do anything he's supposed to. To a large part, Kirk doesn't do anything he's supposed to. Bones does I, drink. Uh Oh, yeah, that's true. We're <laughs> going to assume that's some sort of liquor. Because remember, we decided whenever there's yes, any sort part. of alcohol in the room, we assume Bones <laughs> drinks it. Bones well, totally I think we drinks. said that anytime Bones takes a drink of anything, we assume that <laughs> <Yeah>. it's liquor. <laughs> it's alcoholic. Anyway. All right. We were so close, actually. We were only one away. Even really? with very few things, this, this sheet just, just worked sheet. out. We, um, there isn't much in this episode. There really isn't. It's, they are right. trapped on the planet. Yeah. Bones drinks. There is a Kirk speech. Um, Spock does say fascinating. Uh, there's a recurring actor. Historic figure shows up. Hey, Cochran, mm, okay. what's up? Um, but we needed Spock shows emotion, and then we would have had a bingo. Mm. Oh, yeah, he was nowhere nah, close to he did it the whole time. Yeah, no, he was, there was no, Great there was no Spock emoting from Spock. So, nope, sorry, guys. Not, but we were close again, which was very exciting. Was Boy, very if exciting. this had been an episode to win it for us, I would be unhappy. I would have laughed, though. <laughs> I would have been kind of disappointed, but it would have been funny. I would have been fine with it. <laughs> All right, shall we see what's up next? Ooh, the hat. Hey, well, here's a positive note. There are no more Gene L. Coon episodes left. Huzzah! Wait, we've watched, we haven't watched Private Little War, though. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Sorry. You I'd, are incorrect, I'd sir. be really happy if it was Private Little War. Well, um, sadly, uh, you, you are going to be disappointed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it is, we are going back to season three, actually. Yeah? What's this? Um, oh god, it's this one. What is it? <laughs> I love the suspense, Abby. <laughs> it's the way to Eden. Yeah. A group of idealistic hippies led by oh, the national yeah. leader come aboard the Enterprise. It's oh, yeah. space hippies. Awesome. Space hippies. Oh, guys, talk about costume corner. We're going to have a field day with that. Oh, space hippies, you guys. I was thinking about this episode earlier today. Wow. <laughs> Plus, 
Spock, Spock plays guitar, or rather Vulcan guitar. <laughs> yes, he plays like the harp thing, and Uhura sings, and it's great. <laughs> this episode is ridiculous and terrible. Just what they're wearing is ridiculous. <laughs> oh my god, this is gonna be, oh, this is gonna be an experience, listeners. We're gonna, it's gonna get in the weeds real quick, I feel like. <laughs> well, this, one, this one is not written by DC Fontana, but is based on a story. Uh, co-written by DC Fontana. So sure, that's fine. That'll be that'll be fun. All right. Well, we have time to prepare. All right. <laughs> so uh, don't forget, you can email us at info at three to beam up dot com. Twitter's at beam three. Instagram's three to beam up. Facebook, you can find us and like us at three to beam up. Uh, and uh, say hi to us on one or all of those things. Um, and next time we're going to be um, getting groovy with some space hippies in the way to Eden.